Turkey slash Syria, profiles of earthquake-affected areas. Crisis Overview On the 6th of February 2023 at 4, 17 hours, GMT plus 3, a 7.8 earthquake hit the region of Karamonmarosh in southeastern Turkey, affecting areas of southern Turkey and northwestern Syria. Less than 12 hours later, at 13, 45 hours, GMT plus 3, a 7.6 earthquake hit the same region. While the figures of people in need are still to be determined, 12 million people reside in the affected areas of southeastern Turkey, including 2 million Syrian refugees. In Syria, more than 6 million have been affected. As of 12 February, the death toll in Turkey and Syria was more than 29,600. This number is expected to continue to rise with current search and rescue efforts. Needs There are significant information gaps, but the affected population needs shelter, warm winter clothes, food, heating, and blankets. Medical needs are also substantial because of the number of people injured, along with the damage to critical health infrastructure. Protection concerns need to be considered because of active insecurity, family separations, an unknown number of unaccompanied minors, and an increased risk of gender-based violence. The picture of needs and extent of damage and destruction will continue to evolve as responders continue to focus on life-saving assistance. The extent of destruction and damage, along with the continuation of aftershocks that is sowing fear, has prevented people from returning home. As of the 12th of February, aftershocks were still occurring along the Turkey-Syria border region. Until the aftershocks subside and the remaining buildings can be checked for their safety and structural integrity, the majority of people will not be able to stay in their homes, meaning they will be without shelter, cooking capacity, and access to their belongings and in need of humanitarian assistance. Access Weather conditions and geological hazards resulting from the earthquakes, including continual aftershocks, heavy snowfall, icy roads, landslides, rockfalls, and flooding, are hindering access to the affected areas and aid delivery. Conflict is also affecting access to northwestern Syria. In parts of Turkey, looting and outbreaks of violence have halted rescue efforts. Impact The damage to critical infrastructure, including urban gas, electricity, and water systems, is still being assessed. The collapse of Al-Tawal Dam in Syria in the northern countryside of Idil, combined with the rising water levels of the Orontes River, has already resulted in flooding in Al-Tawal village. An IDP camp in the village was also affected. The entire population of the village, more than 1,700 people, are likely affected. Prior to the earthquake, there were already concerns over damage to large dams in both countries. The Maidanaki and Garniri dams in Syria and the Ataturk and Sultan Zayu dams in Turkey presented different cracks that are likely to cause flooding. Therefore, though some dams such as Ataturk, have not been directly damaged by the earthquake but could be at risk of collapse due to further structural weakening and exacerbate the impact of the earthquake on the nearby communities. About this report. AIM. This report provides an overview of the humanitarian needs resulting from the earthquakes in some of the most affected areas of Turkey and Syria, Aleppo, Gaziantep, Hama, Hatay, Idlib, Karamanaras, and Latakia. The report aims to highlight key needs, the key population groups affected, compounding factors, and access constraints in the respective regions. These profiles bring together what is currently known about the impact of the earthquake as well as relevant features and information about the affected areas based on pre-crisis knowledge. The information is organized at the province or governorate level to provide insights into what responders need to be aware of and what may unfold in the coming days and weeks to support the response. Methodology This report is mainly based on a secondary data review of public sources. 
The majority of the provinces and governorates analyzed in this report were selected according to a combination of the level of the reported impact of the earthquake, their proximity to the epicenters, the level of humanitarian access constraints reported, their pre-existing vulnerabilities. Idle governorate has a lower reported number of affected people, but this may be because of a lack of resources, such as heavy equipment, to rescue people trapped under debris. Given access constraints, combined with pre-existing information limitations as a result of the governorate being controlled by non-state armed groups, the number of affected people is likely to be higher than reported. As the governorate is opposition-controlled, it is also less likely to have received adequate assistance. For these reasons, this report has chosen to highlight IDLE as well. Information gaps There are reports available on the number of buildings destroyed, but they do not indicate the size, use, or capacity of the buildings. Determining significant figures is challenging. The locations of the safe open spaces holding the temporary shelters and facilities for people unable to return to their homes are unclear. There is limited information on the needs of vulnerable groups, such as IDPs, and disaggregated data on the children, women, and people with disabilities affected by the earthquakes. There are unconfirmed statements that municipalities in Turkey associated with anti-government sentiment may not be prioritized for assistance. The number of people affected per province in Turkey is not yet determined. A week after the earthquakes, information on the impact of the crisis is still evolving and is bound to change quickly over the coming days. This includes information on the number of people killed, injured, affected, and in need of humanitarian assistance, as well as information on damage to infrastructure. There is a lack of information on people missing in both countries. There is a lack of information on the earthquake response in rural areas of affected provinces and governorates. Typically, earthquake responses focus on urban areas due to population density and rapid urbanization often leading to poorly regulated building construction. However, this could mean that rural areas are not prioritized or do not receive adequate resources for rescue and assistance. There is limited information on the shelter conditions and needs of the affected populations. Information on the impact of the earthquakes in northwestern Syria is more limited than in Turkey. There is limited information on humanitarian needs in certain areas. The current conflict in Syria means recent poverty data is not available in the same way as it is in Turkey, but with a large portion of the population already heavily dependent on humanitarian aid, people's capacity to self-recover from this shock will be extremely limited. There is a lack of information on the poverty rates before the earthquakes in each province in Syria. The numbers of earthquake-related deaths, injuries, and buildings destroyed in Hamar Homs and Tartus governorates in Syria are not available. Impact of the earthquakes on Turkey Crisis Overview As of 12 February 2023, the earthquakes had killed more than 24,600 people and injured 80,000 others in Turkey. The number of fatalities is expected to rise, and the overall number of missing people remains unknown. On 7 February, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan declared a three-month state of emergency in the country's ten provinces. The earthquakes destroyed or damaged many buildings and roads, hampering rescue efforts and aid delivery to the affected people. As of 12 February, nearly 25,000 had collapsed or were badly damaged. That said, it is difficult to assess the significance of this figure without baseline information on the total number of buildings, what they were used for, and their size and capacity. Although information gaps are significant, Gaziantep appears to be one of the most affected based on initial numbers of deaths, injuries, and buildings destroyed. 
the already strained health system in the province combined with the impact of the earthquakes, including damaged roads, will likely present challenges in responding to the thousands of people with medical needs. In Hatay, in addition to a high number of deaths, injuries and buildings are destroyed, the province is experiencing floods and access challenges, which is reducing movement of supplies and worsening the needs of those affected. Although the initial figures of deaths, injuries, and buildings destroyed are lower in Karaman Marosh, the province has had electricity and gas supply issues since the earthquakes and snow is also hindering movement, especially to rural areas. In Karaman Marosh and Hatay, needs are exacerbated by pre-existing economic challenges brought on by COVID-19. Across all three provinces, needs are aggravated by significant infrastructure damage and weather conditions. Extreme cold weather along with rain have hampered the search and rescue response as humanitarian workers are experiencing delays in travel. The conditions, with temperatures of around 0 Celsius degrees at night, are also challenging for many people now staying in the open. In addition, the three provinces host 992,510 Syrian refugees whose pre-existing needs are likely to have been worsened. At least two dams, Ataturk, along the border of Ardiamon and Shonlofa provinces, and Sultan Zayu, Malatya province, were affected or need to be assessed, increasing the risk of flooding. Other infrastructure, including electricity infrastructure and gas lines, were also damaged. Prior to the earthquakes, a lack of snowfall and below-average rainfall were already affecting farmers, leading to fears of crop failure. Even irrigation would not have been enough to save some crops. Because of the earthquakes, agricultural activities will likely face further impacts despite the rain and snowfall Turkey has been having since the beginning of February. The crisis has already disrupted planting activities for the month for crops such as wheat and corn. This will likely affect the availability and prices of food in the markets. Crisis impact and pre-existing vulnerabilities Shelter An unknown number of people have fled the affected areas, but others unable to leave are staying in temporary camps, including stadiums, university halls, mosques, shopping malls, and community centers. Some people are staying in their cars, and some survivors are still waiting by destroyed buildings in search of missing family members. People have also been afraid to go back to their homes because of aftershocks. People whose houses were damaged urgently need emergency shelter. Initial shelter needs will include people whose houses may not be damaged, as they will be unable to return until buildings have been checked for structural safety. Shelter solutions need to consider immediate weather conditions, which include below freezing temperatures and rain. There is a need for tents, shelter materials, and tarpaulins for the displaced and refugee population staying in the affected areas. New building regulations were introduced as a result of the last major earthquake in Turkey in 1999. Regardless, the country has been dealing with a lack of enforcement of building regulations and poor urban planning that allowed for poorly constructed structures, which were significantly affected by the recent earthquakes. Health The impact of the earthquakes has resulted in blunt trauma, broken bones, lacerations, and crush syndrome from being trapped under heavy debris. The large number of injuries has resulted in an acute need for health personnel, medical supplies, blood, and medicine. People are vulnerable to hypothermia and exposure-related conditions because of current weather conditions and a lack of shelter. Primary first aid and urgent medical care will be prioritized, which will result in the delay of surgeries of low to medium priority. Aside from acute medical needs, a lack of shelter, compromised water and sanitation systems, a lack of refrigeration, and untreated injuries put people at risk of illness and infection. Emergency medicine supplies are needed, along with field medic packs, oral rehydration solutions, 
and hygiene items for those who have lost or do not have access to their homes and shelters. People in need of healthcare may be unable to access health facilities because of damaged roads, roads blocked by rubble, and a lack of transportation to bring them to the hospital. Basic first aid kits are needed in these areas. A continued flow of primary care items to help keep people with chronic health conditions will also be necessary, especially while local resources are reallocated for emergency response. There is a need for mental health and trauma support for those whose homes have been damaged by the earthquakes. People with chronic conditions requiring medication may face health-related issues related to accessing their medication. Food and Nutrition Food is an immediate need for those affected. There is reduced availability of food, and the provision of supplies is being interrupted because of damage from the earthquakes. As people have lost access to their homes and cooking equipment, there is a need for hot meals and ready-to-eat food, including suitable food for different groups, such as babies and older people. Pre-existing economic conditions, combined with the impact of the earthquakes, will make affording enough quality food in affected areas challenging over the coming weeks and months, even though markets are expected to bounce back very quickly. Non-food items Blankets, sleeping bags, thermal blankets, mattresses, and folding beds from emergency stocks are needed because of the destruction and damage to buildings and the cold weather conditions. Blankets, diapers, and clothes are needed for babies and infants, who are particularly vulnerable to the cold. Displaced people living in tents need heaters and blankets. Water, sanitation, and hygiene. Wash facilities in temporary shelters are overcrowded. Water facilities have collapsed in the affected areas, resulting in a need for drinking water. A lack of clean drinking water can lead to outbreaks of various diseases, including cholera. Sanitation and hygiene kits are required for people who no longer have access to their homes. Solid waste management and regular disposal materials are required to make the surroundings clear and free from infectious and bacterial diseases. Safe private and well-lit temporary latrines for women and men are needed, including ones that are accessible for older people and people with disabilities. Women and girls will need menstrual hygiene management materials and options to dispose of them safely and hygienically. Protection Experienced protection teams are required to support vulnerable groups, including women, girls, children, and victims of gender-based violence, from any kind of abuse and to assist with tracking displaced people and finding family members. Protection needs may increase given reports of looting and anger towards the government. Education On the 7th of February, the Minister of National Education announced a two-week break from education in Adjuman, Karaman Marosh, Hatay, and Malatya provinces and a one-week break in Adana, Diyarbakir, Gaziantep, Kilis, Shonlofa, and Osmania provinces. The Turkish government intends to transfer students from the 10 earthquake-hit provinces to other schools. People affected by the earthquake have taken shelter in the schools that have remained standing, meaning that even if these buildings were safe enough to resume teaching activities, time will be needed to relocate the people and repair any structural damage. Children in affected areas are likely to have lost school equipment, such as uniforms, shoes, bags, and books. This will need to be considered as they join other schools. Humanitarian access The entry of private vehicles was restricted to affected areas, particularly in Ardiamon, Hatay, and Karaman Marosh, for at least the initial 48 hours to make the search and rescue response as smooth as possible. It is unknown whether this entry ban has been lifted. Rainfall, along with freezing temperatures, has caused flight disruptions in various airports, including Istanbul, hindering search and rescue operations in the affected areas.
as of the 10th of February, Hatay Airport was still closed because of damage on the runway. Most of the main highways and roads are blocked by the rubble of destroyed buildings. A large number of people has attempted to flee as far away from the affected areas as possible, but many have been stuck because of a lack of transportation facilities, traffic jams, and damaged and blocked roads. Gaziantep Profile Access Constraints As of the 8th of February, there was reconstruction work on the damaged road network of Gaziantep, hampering relief activities. As of the 8th of February, commercial operations at the Gaziantep airport were suspended to prioritize flights with relief and support materials for the earthquake response. Foreign students, refugees, and migrants from different countries have tried to flee from the city of Gaziantep and the surrounding affected areas, but most of them are stuck because of damage to roads and highways resulting from repeated tremors. Impact Overview Gaziantep city is located 33 kilometers from the epicenter of the initial earthquake. It is one of the most significantly affected provinces in the country. It took 12 hours before rescue teams could reach the earthquake-affected areas of Gaziantep. Local police and the community were first to respond by digging through the rubble by hand without equipment. Cold weather conditions reaching around 1 degree Celsius are likely worsening the health situation, contributing to the increased numbers of deaths and people in critical conditions and putting people at risk of hypothermia. Rescued individuals are likely experiencing mental distress at the loss of family, community members, and their assets. People have been displaced from the city center and are looking for shelter in the less populated areas in the south of Gaziantep city. Significant damage has been reported in Nerdagai and Islaie satellite districts. Pre-existing vulnerabilities The city is one of the oldest and one of the most populous in Turkey, having experienced a rapid population growth over recent years. Part of this is hosting the largest population of Syrian refugees in the country. Refugees living in Gaziantep were already affected by malnutrition and the food crisis, which the earthquakes have amplified. Prior to the earthquake, healthcare was already inadequate to support the people in this area. It will be challenging to provide healthcare support to the earthquake-affected population because of the increased lack of both facilities and health workers. Karamonmirosh Profile Access Constraints As of the 9th of February, Airports in Karaman Mirosh were open for both humanitarian and commercial flights. Transportation to rural areas of the province is limited as a result of snow and road damage. Impact Overview As of the 8th of February, electricity was still not available in Karaman Mirosh. Repeated aftershocks with a magnitude of around 4 have broken electricity substations in Karaman Mirosh and three other provinces disrupting the power supply to many places in the affected areas and resulting in less access to heating facilities during extreme winter weather conditions. As of 12 February, it was unclear whether the electricity supply had been restored. As a precautionary measure to avoid explosions, the public supply of gas has been cut in the province. As of 12 February, it remained unclear whether the supply had been restored. People have taken shelter in open places exposed to extreme weather conditions. Some people have already received tents from humanitarian organizations. Pre-existing vulnerabilities Karaman Mirosh had a lower gross domestic product, GDP, per capita compared to the reset of the country in both 2018 and 2019. The COVID-19 pandemic further affected the economy of the province. In 2021, the unemployment rate in the province was above the national average. In 2021, Half of the province's GDP was obtained from agriculture. 
the extent to which the earthquakes affected agricultural activities remains unclear. More than half of the respondents of a 2019 livelihoods survey claimed that refugees had a lack of job opportunities. Hatai Profile Access Constraints The Hatai Airport had received damage on its runway as a result of the earthquake and was temporarily closed has been reopened to aid deliveries and evacuations. Hatai is accessible by sea, but a fire affected the seaport in Iskenderun district between 6 to 7 February. Ships have been directed to other ports, further increasing aid delivery challenges to Hatai. Several major roads in Hatai are either blocked or impassable. The Hatai Rehanli and Hatai Krakan Topbogas roads were closed as of the 7th of February because of the damage caused by the earthquakes, affecting the delivery of supplies to Hatai. The earthquakes also resulted in rising sea levels in Iskenderun district in Hatai, and some nearby areas and roads were flooded, increasing access constraints to the people in need. Impact Overview People in Iskenderun district are not returning to their houses for fear of a risk of flooding, as sea water levels have risen following the earthquakes. Three main hospitals were destroyed, including Antakya and Iskenderun public hospitals. Some tents have been set up as temporary medical facilities to receive injured people, but it is challenging and unsafe to do advanced medical operations in these facilities. In Koskoka State Hospital, there are reported shortages in medical personnel, including maternity doctors, and no surgeries can be performed. Significant damage to streets and buildings has been reported in Pazasik. Damage to energy infrastructure, gas pipelines, has been reported in Hatai, increasing difficulties in accessing heating services. Two explosions to a natural gas pipeline resulted in a fire on 6 February, leading to the suspension of gas supply to Hatai. Earthquake-related damage to Hatai is hindering aid delivery to Syria, as aid was usually delivered to a UN transshipment hub in Hatai to be verified and loaded to Syria. As of 8 February, two alternative routes had been identified to reach the hub. Pre-existing vulnerabilities Hatai has been hosting at least 433,000 Syrian refugees for over 10 years, increasing pressure on education and health facilities in the province. Despite Hatai offering many job opportunities in industry, tourism, trade, and agriculture, many tradesmen have closed their small businesses because of increased poverty. This has led to rising unemployment in the province. Between 2011 to 2019, the per capita GDP in Hatai decreased by 22%. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic and the impact the war in Ukraine has had on global economy and supply chains have worsened the situation. The harvest of tangerine, one of the main products in Hatai, decreased in 2022 because of the rising cost of fertilizers and diesel and low wages for workers. Impact of the earthquakes on Syria Crisis Overview As of the 12th of February, the earthquakes had killed at least 4,500 people and injured around 7,000 in Syria. In northwestern Syria, the Syrian civil society, White Helmets, reported over 550 completely destroyed buildings and 1,500 severely damaged buildings as of the 11th of February. About 248,000 people are newly displaced following the earthquakes. Based on initial information, Aleppo, Hama, and Latakia are among the most affected governorates. Though the number of affected people is relatively lower in Idled, it is still considered to be highly affected as the governorate is less likely to have received sufficient assistance due to it being controlled by non-state armed groups, combined with the pre-existing vulnerabilities that people faced in Idled such as a large population of IDPs and limited provision of essential services. Prior to the earthquake, 
The four provinces hosted over 56,000 Palestinian refugees living in four camps in Latakia, Nirab, Aleppo, Ain al-Tal, Aleppo, and Hama, who have also been affected by the earthquake. Pre-crisis, the four provinces also hosted over 3,730,250 IDPs, many of whom live in precarious conditions without proper access to sanitation and hygiene facilities. Since August 2022, an ongoing cholera outbreak has impacted all four governorates, with the highest number of cases recorded in Idlib. Pre-earthquake, the provision of health services was already strained across northwestern Syria because of conflict and humanitarian access constraints. A further deterioration in affected people's access to sanitation, hygiene and health facilities will likely exacerbate the pre-existing health conditions across people living in the four governorates. Prior to the earthquake, the cross-border humanitarian response between Turkey and northwestern Syria was coordinated from Gaziantep province. The impact of the earthquake on Gaziantep is likely to result in the pre-existing humanitarian programs in northwestern Syria being suspended as staff are also likely affected by the earthquakes or resources being redirected to the earthquake response. With 90% of people under the poverty line across Syria and 7.1 million people in need of humanitarian aid across the four governorates, people's capacity to self-recover will be extremely limited. International sanctions imposed on the country have also deepened the economic crisis. The earthquakes caused two dams to crack, leading to an increased risk of flooding. The collapse of Al-Tawal Dam, in Idlib, combined with the rising water levels of the Orontes River, have resulted in floods in Al-Tawal village. The entire population of the village, more than 1,700 people, including an IDP camp, are likely affected. The same cold front affecting Turkey is also affecting Syria and increasing needs for heating and emergency shelters. Other priority needs are medical supplies, including ambulances and medicine, shelter and NFIs, emergency food assistance, and wash. A main priority in Syria is machinery to remove debris. As of 8 February only 5% of the affected areas in northwest Syria had access to machinery to clear debris and remove rubble. Crisis impact and pre-existing vulnerabilities Shelter About 248,000 people have been newly displaced and need shelter assistance following the earthquakes. Thousands of people are estimated to be staying in open areas or inside damaged buildings and need shelter assistance. 180 shelters were set up across government-controlled areas in northwestern Syria. Health Healthcare access was already challenging even before the earthquakes, with healthcare facilities insufficient to meet people's needs. Four medical facilities in northwestern Syria, operated by the Syrian-American Medical Society, were considerably damaged by the earthquakes and had to be evacuated. There are reports of doctors being overwhelmed and treating patients in hallways amid dust from the rubble. A cholera outbreak in northwestern Syria, particularly Aleppo, was already placing strains on the few operating health facilities prior to the earthquakes. The spread of the disease was said to be linked to people drinking contaminated water from the Euphrates River. Because of attacks, many Syrian healthcare facilities were either completely out of service or only partially functioning prior to the earthquake. Between 2019 to 2020, conflict between armed groups and government forces damaged more than 24 health facilities, limiting the provision of needed services. Damaged hospitals were not rebuilt, while others were forced to close because of reduced capacity resulting from funding cuts from supporting humanitarian organizations. There were 536 healthcare facilities in northwestern Syria, but only 318 were fully functioning and operating beyond capacity. Food and Nutrition Around 12.1 million people are food insecure in Syria. 
about 2.9 million people are estimated to be at risk of food insecurity. Syria's 2022 wheat harvest amounted to around 1 million tons or around 75% lower than pre-conflict volumes. In cholera-affected areas, particularly Aleppo, people were said to be using contaminated water from the Euphrates River to irrigate their crops which resulted in food contamination. A rise in cases of acute malnutrition has been observed across northwestern Syria since the COVID-19 pandemic. According to a SMART survey conducted in June 2021, there was an increase in the prevalence of malnutrition among children aged 6 months to 5 years, from 19% in May 2019 to 24.5% in June 2021. The prevalence of global acute malnutrition increased from 0.9% to 4.7% during the same period. As of July 2020, the prevalence of malnutrition among displaced communities was higher, 5%, compared to host communities, 3%. In April 2022, rising food prices because of the Ukraine war, funding constraints, and the economic crisis in Syria led the UN to reduce items in its monthly food aid distribution to the 1.35 million people in northwestern Syria. Food prices are expected to rise even further as a result of the earthquakes, since areas in northwestern Syria depend on food aid from Turkey through the damaged Bab al-Hawa border crossing. Water, sanitation, and hygiene. The debris and rubble from the earthquake have damaged water tanks and can contaminate water sources, increasing the risk of waterborne diseases. More than 50% of the population across northwestern Syria lack access to piped water and rely on irregular sources, such as unregulated water trucking. These only service central locations, which make them harder to access for communities living further away from these locations or who require transport to carry the water. This water is also sometimes unsafe to drink. Education The crisis has disrupted education. All schools in the affected areas were closed as of the 12th of February. Humanitarian access Challenges at the Bab al-Hawa border crossing, the damage of roads by the earthquakes initially led to the closure of the only remaining crossing between Turkey and Syria, disrupting the crucial delivery of humanitarian aid into northwestern Syria. On the 9th of February, the crossing reopened, and the first UN convoy reached the area. The Turkish government holds authority over the entry of aid through Turkey to northwestern Syria, and it provided approval on 8 February. Weak internet communication and damage to the electricity grid resulting from the earthquake are also hampering the coordination of response, restricting the humanitarian response. The country has been facing fuel shortages since the start of the conflict in 2011. However, the shortages have increased since December 2022 and made fuel nearly unavailable, hampering humanitarian response. Gasoline prices on the black market continue to rise and have increased rapidly from 7,000 Syrian pounds per litre to more than 12,000 Syrian pounds in December 2022. Many humanitarian organisations have either reduced or completely ceased operations in Syria as a result of a combination of factors including the prolonged nature of the crisis and inadequate funding over time. NGOs have resorted to relying on dwindling funding from the United Nations. The control of northwest Syria by opposition groups and government presence has raised fears of unequal access to aid across communities. Aleppo Profile Access Constraints Some areas of rural Aleppo can only be reached from Turkey. Aleppo Airport is active only for aid purposes. Airstrikes from 2022 had already damaged the airport. Impact Overview the districts in Aleppo most affected by the earthquake are Azizia, Al-Akabe, Ainatal, Yamiye, Barun, Bustanazara, Fados, Kalase, Kamayasa, Nubal, Salah ad-Din, Salhin, Sa'a, and Azara. 
as at 8th of February, 100,000 people were believed to be needing shelter in Aleppo alone as a result of the earthquakes, and only 30,000 among that number had found shelter in schools and mosques. On the 8th of February, the non-state armed group-controlled town of Marea, north of Aleppo, faced overnight bombardment by the Syrian government, adding to the impact of the earthquakes on people. At least 20 prisoners from the Syrian prison, apparently members of anti-government groups, have escaped. This could cause a violent reaction from the government, and clashes could affect people in the area. Two minor Palestine refugees from Nirab camp died near Aleppo during the earthquake. The number of fatalities among Palestinian refugees in Turkey and northwestern Syria have not yet been confirmed. Pre-existing vulnerabilities The control of Aleppo governorate has fluctuated between armed groups and anti-government armed groups, with international entities also playing a pivotal role, leaving the area highly unstable. Before the earthquakes, there were approximately 18,000 registered Palestine refugees living in Nirab refugee camp in Aleppo governorate. The camp was overcrowded, and there was no privacy. Several thousand Palestine refugees currently live in Aleppo city. This governorate has been one of the most affected by the cholera outbreak since its onset in September 2022, with over 19,400 cases and 46 associated deaths as at February 2023. The main cause of the outbreak was the use of contaminated water. People were drinking unsafe water from the Euphrates River and using contaminated water to irrigate crops, causing food contamination. The outbreak was also an indicator of water shortages affecting hygiene practices. Prior to the quakes, most Aleppo buildings had already been weakened by battles and clashes because of the conflict. The infrastructure of the buildings in Syria are not equipped to handle earthquakes, and the country has not come up with any regulations from engineers since the beginning of the conflict. Explosive mines and ordnance from clashes are present in Aleppo province. The collapse of buildings may activate explosives and put civilians at risk. Aleppo is particularly prone to environmental shocks. In early 2021, the governorate experienced torrential rain and strong winds that destroyed at least 25,000 tents in 407 IDP sites, leaving 142,000 people living in increasingly unsanitary and unsafe conditions, including persistent standing water. Children in Aleppo have been recruited by armed groups and are vulnerable to being deprived of their liberty because of their possible association with these armed groups. Idle Profile Access Constraints the closure of the Bab al-Hawa border crossing has led to disruptions in the transportation of humanitarian aid to Idlib. Idlib province is controlled by opposition groups, born out of Hayat Tahrir al-Sham. Frequent ground fighting and deadly airstrikes still occur in the province, making access more constrained. Negotiations are required for humanitarian organizations to access certain areas. Impact Overview All buildings in Bisnayab, Sena and Atma, 90% of buildings in Armanaz and 80% in Dana, Medish, Samada, and Terminin were also damaged. 250 buildings have collapsed in Jindarus town, and only a handful have been cleared. Supplies of safe drinking water are critically low within many parts of Idlib. The destruction of water infrastructure as a result of the conflict has increased people's dependency on expensive water trucking, leading to communities resorting to the use of unsafe water. Sewage disposal in displaced camps is also uncontrolled, leading to serious health issues. Pre-existing vulnerabilities Before the earthquake, almost two million residents of Idle Governorate, two-thirds of the population, lacked adequate housing. Ninety percent of the population in Idle Province has been displaced by conflict and live in makeshift camps. 
At the end of October 2022, water pumps supplying more than 1 million residents in 42 towns and villages in Idle province were switched off, creating water shortages across the province. Some families must travel up to 2 kilometers for their water needs. In July 2022, eight water facilities in Almara district, southern Idle, were attacked, resulting in more than 250,000 residents depending on water trucking for their drinking water needs. 90% of the population in Idle was displaced as a result of conflict and lived in camps without proper water and sanitation facilities, which was worsened by a current cholera outbreak. As of February, there were 24,120,000 in Idle province, the second most affected province. At least 1.7 million residents of Idle live in camps with no proper water and sanitation services. Conflict in the region has led to the destruction of schools close to frontline areas. There are also inadequate basic education materials in schools, such as desks, chalk, notebooks, stationary items, and heating in winter. In displaced camps, school shortages, insufficient classrooms, and a limited capacity of teachers make access to education difficult for students. A recent Jenner report found that the rates of out of school children were higher in Idle Governorate compared to other districts covered in the study. Aside from that, 38% of the schools in Idle were suspended as they were being used for non educational purposes, i.e., as a shelter for IDPs, as governmental buildings, or as military checkpoints by armed groups. Hamar Profile Access Constraints The closest seaports to Hamar, which are Al Ladijia and Tata seaports, remain closed because of bad weather. Access to the province may be challenging. Most of Hamar Governorate is under the control of the government of Syria but a narrow strip extending along the northern Hamar border with Idle Governorate is controlled by opposition factions. Explosive ordnance contamination is widespread in areas of Hamar. Impact Overview At least four buildings have collapsed. The RB neighborhood in Hamar is particularly affected, including an eight-story building, another three-story building in the Al-Gob area, and several mosque minarets, such as the Eastern Mosque and Othman bin Affan Mosque, that fell on their occupants. Water levels of the Orontes River in Hamar continue to increase as a result of snowfall. The increase is also likely linked to the cracking of al Tawal Dam. These issues put the region at risk of floods. The Water Department has confirmed that 12 high-water tanks were damaged or affected. At least 27 schools were damaged by the earthquakes. Preliminary reports indicate that there have been 41 earthquake-related deaths and 30 injuries at the National Hospital of Hamar. Al-Sukalabia National Hospital in Al-Gob region in Hamar has received eight deaths and 37 injuries, six of which have been rushed to private hospitals. The complete death toll was still unknown as of the 9th of February. As at 7th of February, 150 households needed shelter assistance in Hamar. Five collective centers with a capacity to host 177 households have been identified to accommodate the affected population. Pre-existing vulnerabilities at least 180 suspected cases of cholera were identified in Hamar as of 5 February 2023. Waterborne diseases could spread to shelters and refugee areas. There is a presence of armed groups and constant clashes with armed forces in the region. In November 2022, the Hayat Tahrir Ulsham armed group attacked armed forces positions in Al Gob Plain in Hamar, killing at least 13 regime fighters. In November 2022, strikes attributed to Israel hit Hamar and Latakia prompting the Syrian government activate anti-aircraft fire in response. In Hamar, the lack of basic services and water sources are affecting returnees. People tend to boil river water without filtration and purification, 
raising the risk of exposure to waterborne diseases. Latakia profile. Access constraints. Armed groups still control parts of Latakia. Conflict between the Syrian Arab army and militants of the extremist group Hayat Tahrir al-Sham were reported in Jabal al-Akrad, north of Latakia city, on 5 February and left 13 dead. Impact overview. As of 7 February, preliminary satellite images showed damaged and destroyed structures in east of Ramal al-Janubai, Latakia south, Dam Sarko as well as potentially damaged structures in the hospital sector of Tishreen University. An estimated 142,000 people have left their homes in Latakia. Palestinian refugees and residents of Latakia are currently taking shelter in Al-Qaeda school. There are 47 available reception centers currently hosting a total of 6,000 families, 30,000 people. There is a high risk of flooding in the region. The high water reservoir in Dar al-Sirini village has collapsed, stopping water pumping in several villages, including al-Rama, al-Kakaya, al-Mushafa, Bufaib al-Asal, Dar al-Sirini, and Dar Baitakal. There is structural damage to water reservoirs and tanks, with the 200 cubic meters Garniri reservoir falling apart and the al-Balulia al-Rastan station showing signs of damage. Pre-existing vulnerabilities. Food crops are scarce in the region, and extensive wildfires in October 2020 further affected the situation by causing severe damage to infrastructure and livelihoods across Latakia Governorate. The fires destroyed hectares of olive and other tree crops. Essential items, such as generators, clothing, heating, and cooking fuel, are unaffordable for the population. Cases of acute watery diarrhea and cholera were reported in Latakia in September-October 2022. The governorate has been experiencing water shortages since 2021. In Jabala, people have access to water only every 15 days. People have complained that there are not enough facilities for sanitation and hygiene, making them vulnerable to waterborne diseases.